close to the end of the series in Nehemiah. Just three more messages. So if you have your Bibles, Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah chapter 6. And while you're finding that, please, please remember, next Sunday we are welcoming Brother Curtis Barnes uh, to be here with us uh, to preach here for uh, our Sunday morning worship time. Uh, Curtis grew up here at uh, Younger's Creek, grew up here in Elizabethtown, uh, came to Campbellsville University, and uh, that's where I met him. Uh, Curtis was actually my dorm director uh, whenever I was a student there at Campbellsville, so, uh, and I was an RA, a resident life assistant, so at one point he was my boss. Uh, so this time around, I'm going to have to tell him what to do a little bit. Uh, no, we're so glad to have him this uh, next week. But if any of you are interested in maybe hearing him another time or two, starting tomorrow night through Thursday night on the campus of Campbellsville University uh, is our campus revival. And Curtis will be preaching uh, Monday through Thursday night at 7 o'clock. And if you've never been to our campus, it's, it's about an hour drive from here. It's not a hard drive. It's just down the Lincoln Parkway and then down 210. Uh, we drive it quite often, you know, in the Cunhas and the Garrisons. It, to us, it's just down the street. Uh, but we would love to have you. And if you're planning to come over this week, please let me know. The thing that would hurt my feelings the most would be Younger's Creek folk coming to Campbellsville and you didn't tell me. I'd at least like to come say hello and uh, say, say, say a word of uh, greeting to you. So, uh, but he'll be here next Sunday, and I know you'll be excited to have him. Nehemiah chapter 6. We are coming to the close of this series. And I have to say that there's just something good about finishing strong, isn't there? Uh, there's just something good about finishing a project. There's just something that makes you feel good when you get to pack up the tools, pack up the car, pack up the things that you brought, and say it is finished. I had a job this week. It was kind of a task. My sons, we had a trampoline in our backyard, and just over the time and over the years, it was actually a loaner given to us. It busted. It broke. So last week we uh, unhitched all the springs and all the different pieces of the, the trampoline, but I had this big metal frame that I had to deal with. And so I looked at it last Sunday and decided, I'm going to have to think about how to take this thing apart. It had no bolts, no screws, no nuts. I had to find a way to cut this thing in half or in fourths to pack it up and haul it off. Well, yesterday I said, I'm going to get this project done. I'm going to get this sucker put away. So I got a little hacksaw, a little metal hacksaw, and I went to sawing. And I sawed and sawed and sawed and sweat and sweat and sweat. Finally, I got this big trampoline frame cut into about five or six pieces. I can't wait tomorrow to haul that sucker off. After sawing and sawing through metal and trying to figure this thing out, I got where... I was not enjoying this project any longer. Have you ever got somewhere in the middle of a project and you just start getting tired of the project? Can, we got an amen there? Uh, men, have you ever been in a project and you were like me where at the beginning you were motivated, you were encouraged, you had big dreams, 
You had big aspirations, and about halfway through, you start hating the project. Well, today, we are going to hear that the project that Nehemiah has been working on, focusing on, getting people together, is going to finally come to an end. 52 days they have worked on this wall, and finally, today in the message, they're going to be done. But some of you haven't been with us the whole series. I actually went back. Do you know we started this series in July? <laughs> July 23rd. It's now September 24th. We've been at this for a couple months. We've been at it for about 60 days. That's about the length of the time it took them to build the wall. So just to get us in all working order, I want to revisit the whole thing as fast as possible in this short little video, which recaps the whole project from start to finish. Nehemiah's hands to get weak, but Nehemiah had asked God to make his hands stronger. They even paid a priest to ask Nehemiah 
punished their sins to hurt God, and they felt terrible. They told God they were sorry and thanked him for helping them. Then they made a brand new promise to follow him, and Jerusalem was once again a safe place where people honored God. And that's the story of Nehemiah. But just so you know, there's another story where God fixes something that's broken. See, one day, God would send a very special rescuer, not to save a wall, but to save the world. He made it possible for not just Israelites, but everyone in the whole world to confess their sins to God, thank Him for His rescue, and follow Him. And just like that old wall was made new back then, our old lives can be made new right now, because Jesus has rescued us. And that's a part of God's story. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15, and then we'll continue through chapter 7, verse 4. This is the conclusion of the building of the wall. Let's look at God's Word together. Nehemiah 6, verse 15. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elu in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem. For they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah and Tobiah's letters came to them. For many in Judah were bound by an oath to him because he was the son-in-law of Shekinah and of Erath. And his son Jehoihan and the, had taken the daughter of Meshalam and the son of Berechiah as his wife. Also they spoke of his good deeds in my presence and reported my words to him. And Tobiah sent letters to make me afraid. Chapter 7. Now when the wall had been built and I had set up the doors and the gatekeepers, the singers and the Levites had been appointed, I gave my brother... Hananiah and Hananiah, the governor of the castle, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a more faithful and God-fearing man than many. And I said to them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot. And while they were still standing guard, let them shut and bar the doors. Appoint guards from the inhabitants of Jerusalem." some at their guard post and some in front of their homes. The city was wide and large, but the people within it were few, and no houses had been rebuilt. Uh, let me make some points here, some comments about a finished project. There's just nothing better than a finished project. Whether it's a graduation whether it's some house remodeling. I heard of Rick's and Tammy's house building story, a major, major project. There's nothing better than a big assignment at school being done or a big project at work. Maybe some of you are like me. You celebrate when your taxes are done. <laughs> or maybe you have a year-end thing. I know I celebrate when the Christmas tree is put up but I really celebrate when the Christmas tree is put away. Amen? You know, there's something about a project being finished. 
there's something about a season coming to a close. Uh, There's nothing better than when something has worked its way all the way through the beginning, the middle, and has come to an end. They were at this for 52 days. I was thinking they built a wall faster than I've preached this sermon series. (laughs) Maybe that says something about their ability to finish things faster than I could. But it shows in just two months they had determination, they had willpower, that they had obstacles that you can imagine that they overcame, they had threats, they had war, they even had attacks, but they just kept building. There is something that you can see in their tenacity, in their determination, in their unwillingness to be distracted or deterred. And and I wonder if you're the kind of person that finishes tasks. Are you the kind of person that sees things through from the beginning to the middle to the end? Do you show yourself to be a person that has the ability to finish? You see, there is something spiritual even in the ability to finish a project. You may say, well, Shane, we're we're talking about their building of a wall or finishing a job at school or finishing a a Christmas tree, putting away decorations. But see, we're also involved in something in this life that started in the beginning of our coming to Christ. It continues in our walk with Him. And we all are hoping, we all are praying, we all are striving to finish this race called the Christian walk well. Amen? And we're going to endure things. We're going to endure suffering. We're going to endure obstacles. We're going to endure hardships. But we know that part of our walk with the Lord is to walk with Him in an endurance, perseverance, long-suffering, to be able to finish well. Paul writes of this in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, 4, and 5. He says, more than that, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. That All of us have this journey that we're on from the time we come to faith to the time we see Jesus face to face. And it's about the endurance in the middle. It's about the perseverance in the middle. It's about having the character to walk even in the midst of suffering and hardship. You know, the Scripture speaks often about growing weary and faint-hearted. And all of us know God-fearing Christians who over the course of their journey have grown tired and have grown weary and have grown faint-hearted. And some have even fallen away. Now, I don't believe they lose their salvation in that, but I do believe they lose their witness. There's a falling away that can happen at times because they've grown weary, because they've grown tired, because they've grown faint-hearted. And the Scripture tells us that if there's a moment or a season where we feel weak, where we feel 
weary, where we feel as if the weight of the world or the obstacles are too much, we have a way to, to stand up in that. Uh, the Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1-3, through 3, a passage that all of you know of and hopefully learn from. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And who do we look to? We look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. There is just something about finishing a project. And in all of us, we are a project. And there's a something that we need to recognize that there will be times when we are tired, that we are weak, that other things catch our attention. There's going to be times when we're faint-hearted. There's going to be times when even our passion for the Lord isn't what it needs to be. But if you want to find a way to sustain and endure, you look to the perfecter of our faith. You look to Jesus, amen? You look to Him who... For the joy set before Him, the Bible says, that He endured the cross, scorning its shame. And it's because of His willingness to die for us, to go to the cross for us, we, even when we are weak, we can find strength in Him. Not strength in ourselves. Strength in our Savior. You see, there's going to be seasons when you want to throw in the towel on your faith. But I say, look to Jesus, because He never threw in the towel on you. He went all the way. There's nothing like a finished project. But when Nehemiah comes to the close of this building project, 52 days in the making, there's some things that happen, and that's really where I want to focus the remainder of our time. What are the results of a finished project? What are the results of a wall complete? What are the results of, of a project that had its length and now they're celebrating its conclusion? What does that look like? Well, let me give you three very quick observations. When a project is finished, others notice. When a project is finished, others notice. For Nehemiah... Many others noticed. Did you notice verse 16? Verse 15 tells us that the wall was finished in 52 days. Verse 16 says, and when, that's the completion of the wall, and when all of our enemies heard of it, Sambalot, Tobiah, Geshem, all the enemies that we have mentioned in previous messages, and not only them, all of the nations around us. That means all of the people groups around Jerusalem. That means the Sumerians and the, the Arabs and the folks from Edom and the folks from maybe other parts of the desert. All around, the nations are aware. And it's that they now start seeing their... They start seeing what God has done. Look at the end of verse 16. For they perceived that this work 
had been accomplished with the help of our God. They perceived that God had been at work in His people to do something that God had called them to do. They perceived it. Even verse 17 and 18 speaks of Tobiah. He's kind of going through the problem of now there's a new company and there's a new people and there's a new wall in town. And he's starting to recognize that his power is fleeting. When a project is finished, others notice. Sometimes enemies notice. Outsiders notice. People far and wide take notice that God has done something and that God has worked. Now, I'm going to ask a real hard question right now. And, and this is a question that, that there's not really an easy answer to. But as your friend, as your pastor, can I ask you this question? What's one thing that Younger's Creek is focusing on right now that would cause others to take notice? What's one thing, one project, one ministry, one dream that we're focusing on that when it was completed, our friends and neighbors would take notice of? Now I say that in love and I say it in a tenderness because I have to ask myself the exact same question. In many ways, that responsibility in some parts falls on my shoulders. What's one thing we're dreaming about, church, as a family of faith, as a fellowship of God? What's one thing we're dreaming about that we're working toward, that we're striving toward, that when we finish it, others will take notice? And frankly, when I ask myself that question, I don't have a good answer. Because see, what's also taking place is the opposite. If we strive for nothing, if we dream for nothing, if we seek God for nothing, if we're not pushing ourselves for anything, do you know what will happen? Folks will take notice of that as well. There's something about a project, there's something about a ministry coming to life that draws people's interest. And if we have nothing going on, nothing in our hopes and dreams and aspirations, if we have nothing that we're striving and seeking God for, guess what? They notice. They see. They take, take reference of that. See, I don't know exactly what we're doing, folks. Because I don't know if there's anything that we're dreaming for God to do among us. See, when a project is finished, others take notice. And when a project is finished, hope is in the air. Hope is in the air. Verse 1 of chapter 7, the wall is finished, the Bible says, and the doors are set up. That means the touches are put together. And now, Nehemiah calls for the gatekeepers and the singers and the Levites. A party's about to happen. Celebration is about to happen. There's electricity in the community. This is more than just a wall. It's more than just gates and doors. It's more than just brick and mortar. Hope has returned. Vitality has been renewed. Strength has been birthed. In 52 days, this people who were at 
one point completely distraught, completely uh, undone, have a national sense of unity and a national sense of purpose and a national sense that God can do something in us. 52 days. Before Jennifer and I moved to Campbellsville, we served at a church in northern Kentucky, and I've mentioned it a couple times. It's called Main Street. And after 50 years on Main Street, we had outgrown our sanctuary space. And as a church and as a group, we decided to relocate about four miles away. Main Street Church was no longer going to be on Main Street. We were going to re remove or relocate our entire faith family. The building project took a year to plan, one year to plan. It took one year to build. It took us three months to move. I mean, how, how does Nehemiah and his crew pull it off in 52 days? It took us two and a half years to relocate. And when we moved in, and I, I say this not because I'm suggesting a building project, church, that's the furthest thing from my heart. But the day we moved in, after two and a half years, we were out of Sunday school space the first day. Small group space. We had to go to two services in the first month. Now, we have still, still to this day, they don't really know, or we didn't know then, what was causing the growth. What was going to cause this relocated church, leaving Main Street, but still being called Main Street, to grow in the immediate days after finishing the building. But let me tell you, we grew by 35% in the first six months. Now, some folks, I'm confirmed, were just checking out, just being curious, just seeing what was on the inside. But still to this day, we believe it was God. We believe it was a new vision, a new direction, there was hope in the air. There was vitality. There was energy. I can tell you it was really hard. It took long days, lots and lots of meetings, lots of contractors, subcontractors. It took months and months of planning and preparation. It was not easy. But what it did, what it did is it actually unified us in such a way because we all had to pitch in. We all had to play a part. I can remember many, many days working the normal shift and then going to the, to the building site and doing four or five hours with everybody else in the congregation, sweeping floors, getting nails, hanging everything, painting walls, and it drew us together. It made us a strong body. There's just something about when a project is finished, hope is in the air. Life and vitality are in the midst. Well, let me give you one more outcome. When a project is finished, dreams arise for what is next. Dreams arise for what is next. Now, verse 4 seems like just a throwaway verse, a glance-over verse. But I want you to think about it as we close Verse 4 of chapter 7 says, The city was wide and large, but the people within it were few, and no houses had been rebuilt. What is this verse telling us? It's telling us that the walls are finished, 
And there's plenty of room. Plenty of room. Plenty of space. Plenty of dirt. Property. There's plenty of land inside the walls. But the actual people inside it weren't very numerous. And no one inside the walls had started building their homes. You see, there was plenty of room, there was plenty of space, there was plenty of opportunity, but the folks had not yet returned into, <coughs> excuse me, into the city. And the question is, why? Why had they not yet returned to their home? I believe it's because while there was a dream for the group, there weren't necessarily dreams for individuals yet. They had come together as a body and found a vision and found a purpose and found a mission and a task that they could all get behind. Now stage two is more dreams to come on the individual level, on the personal level. Several months back, we had a session in this sanctuary where people on a Wednesday night wrote dreams. We even displayed them over here on a little bulletin board for some time, and I wonder if these dreams still exist. I never produced a dream. I didn't write one of these cards. These were actually written by you, written by individuals who wanted to have hope in a dream. Let me read a few of them to you. One dream was to utilize this church facility for outreach and missions during the summer for kids and for adults and provide a place for folks to come and gather during the winter months to be with other people. One person had a dream to start a mission team that would go out into the community and help others and show them God's love. It's one of your dreams. Someone had a dream of a multi-purpose building out back for gatherings and classrooms so that people could be together and our membership could increase. Someone had a dream of a strong and anointed praise and worship service every single Sunday morning. It's a good dream. Someone had a dream of developing some programs to help people with health and fitness and help people feel better physically and teach them about spiritual health. Someone had a dream, Brother Tony, to have a full choir. He's been twisting your arms enough that that's going to happen. Amen? He's convincing and persuasive. Someone wrote a dream about having every single member of the body actively engaged in the work of ministry. It's a good dream. It's a powerful dream. We have the space. We have the opportunity. What dreams are arising? Well, as your friend and as your transitional pastor... Let me just say to you, I want dreams to grow. And I want visions to come from within. And I want us to be a people and a group on mission. But it's going to start when at some point we decide what wall are we going to build. And I'm not speaking in true brick and mortar. I'm saying when we come together to get our first project on our hearts and on our minds and set forth, 
Maybe it'll take 52 days. Maybe it'll take a year. Who knows? But I believe if we come together in unity and come together on mission and come together with a spirit of unity, I believe there are dreams that God has for us to fulfill here. And when dreams are fulfilled, more dreams arise. Let me pray for us.